0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. And this morning, we are wrapping up a series um, that we've called a Step Up Playlist. And if you've tracked along with us, I've got some good feedback from, from a lot of you who've enjoyed uh, this series and enjoyed kind of the, the ramifications and kind of the, the mental reset uh, that this series has, uh, has given you. And so, but the, the, the name is a little odd. If you're with us on the first time in this, the name is a little odd, but we're looking at the Psalms of Ascent. And the book of Psalms is a book of songs. It's a song book. It's this beautiful, poetic book. And as you read through it, you see all of these expressions of every emotional thing that that we as people go through. And we see how there's this beautiful resolve as we purpose to trust God and to put our hands into, into his life. And then you come along and you get to Psalm 120. In Psalm 120, all of a sudden, these psalms get really short, and for the next 15 psalms, you'll see that it's the psalm of ascent. And The psalm of ascent are these really short psalms, easy to memorize, easy to internalize and to be able to share, and they were used in two main purposes. They were used as the people of God were gathering for the feast days, so as they were coming in to, to connect and to, to worship, then Jerusalem was a city on a hill. It was, it was up on a hill, so no matter where you were, you were coming up onto J- Jerusalem. You were ascending, and they would sing these psalms to kind of reset their minds, to focus on what, who God is, what He's doing, or maybe just a little heart check, a little shift. Today's psalm of ascent is one of those things that sometimes as you're coming to church, you know it's not just God you're going to encounter. There's a bunch of the people you're going to connect with. And there may be somebody watching on Facebook right now who's, you know, who's home because they didn't want to connect with somebody here. Maybe there's some tension. Maybe there's some hurt feelings. Maybe there's some things. It happens all the time. We get sideways. And this psalm of ascent we're going to look at is so important because sometimes we have to remind ourselves that fellowship and connecting with one another is worth the trouble and its worth, the heartache. The um, other time that the Psalms of Ascent were used is when the the Levites, the tribe who took care of all the stuff in the temple, as they were ascending the steps of the temple, there were 15 steps, and as they were going up them, they would sing these psalms and just get their minds ready to do what they were called to do, to to get the temple ready for the people of God and to, to bring the worship for God, and it would just help get their headspace right. And as we've been looking at this, we've jumped into this concept all four weeks in this series. If you've got your UVersion app, you've got your bulletin open, this is where you track along with the notes now. And we've looked at this thought that God is drawing us higher, and what we think about plays a huge role in where we go. What's on our mind plays a huge role. In where we go and here's what's funny is if you're not thinking about anything in particular especially if you're not thinking about where you're going have any of you ended up like at work on your day off that you got in the car and something else got on your mind and your autopilot took over and you're pulling into your work and you're like I'm out of here How did I end up here? Anybody go home when you didn't mean to go home? And so I've done it all the time. I'll end up at the church or I'll end up headed towards home if I don't have a destination because there's this pre-wired thing. You get on autopilot and you just go there. And so what's ultimately is these things that we we do all the time, they begin to play this huge role in our lives. And we've looked at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. And this is kind of the the series anchor. And Paul writes to the church in Colossae. He says, "Uh, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That there is this place where we have to set our hearts and we have to set our minds. There's times that our hearts will begin to desire something. Our hearts will begin to lean into something that doesn't line up with God's best for our lives. And so we have to set our hearts. We have to direct them and allow the Holy Spirit to speak into those things. Because just because the heart wants something doesn't mean it's good for you. So many times we say the heart wants what the heart wants. Well, guess what? You can be led over a cliff. You can be led into a, a, a destructive thing if you're not allowing the Spirit of God, the Word of God to direct your steps. Now, praise God as the children of God. We have ability to have a new heart and a new life and allow that to be uh, formed. But Paul is writing to believers and he says, set your heart and then set your mind. Set your mind on those things. And, and the mind is where we begin to, to strategize and plan and figure out how we can have What our heart wants. We begin to try to put all those pieces in action. And most of us have some desire we're pursuing. Most of us have something we've got a plan and an effort at work in. And we need to make sure those things are on the things of God. And one of the things that helps us do that is thinking on the scriptures. Thinking on what God has to say. And today as we are looking at uh, Psalm 133. We're going to get into that in just a minute, but we've, as we've looked at this, we've, we've called this series Step Up Playlist because of the step up action, and it's a playlist, and so many times we can get drugged down into the earthly things, and we want our eyes, we want to be lifted up into the, to the heavenly things, and we'll need a playlist because, as we looked at every week, you know how to make a playlist, you know why you make a playlist, and you know a playlist works. If you're ready to set the moon, you want to have a romantic time, you know which songs to play. I know to pull out the Allison Krause, get some of that Allison Krauss going, and I, so I all of a sudden set the mood. So if you want to get working out, we've had the workout playlist. We have all of the different playlists that uh that can affect and change where our direction is going. Sometimes. Uh, maybe we get a little frustrated with one another. We need some... And there's been a lot of pop culture, pop music um, try to remind us um, that we need... Uh, we work better and life works better when we work together. And so we've got our own little kind of come together, get together, let's work together, playlist action. I think you're going to recognize most of these songs. The classic... Makes you just want to put your arm around your neighbor. We can do it, people. We can do it. Oh, people, now. Now, we started this series with the Beatles. I think we should pull the Beatles in. come together you know the song don't act that holy you know the song and then in my house because of stinking Disney Channel there it is there it is I've seen it busting it out all the youth we could have had a flash mob I should have had a flash mob with the youth they jump up and they start all singing it doing the basketball dribbling and all that stuff so, But there's all of these expressions, these, all these expressions in music and culture because there's this tension that comes in and, and we don't want to be divided. We don't. We want to be united and even in our division we look for someone who's kind of lines up with us. That's part of the reasons that, that divide is getting so strong in our culture right now. Division is huge in our nation, and we find that people rally stronger to people who are more like them when the divide gets stronger. And all of a sudden, they look more and more for people who, who think like them and talk like them and, and view uh, politics and world and culture like them. And all that does is create a greater and greater division. And guess what? The nation of Israel was a nation, people. It was a nation. So just like any nation, there are going to be a lot of people inside that nation who think that maybe things should go one way or things should go another way. Just because they all read the Torah, just because they all... Uh, worship Jehovah didn't mean that they were all on the same page all the time. And as they were come into a time of worship and they come into Jerusalem, and they come into these feast days and they come into these moments that they know they're going to be running into people and dealing with people and seeing people that they may not agree with, that they have some significant tension. And this psalm of ascent was so vital Folks, you and I, when we come together with other believers, there's a reason, people. There's a reason that every Sunday, every Sunday, we stand up here and we say that there are a lot of wonderful churches in this community. First off, I believe it with all my heart. I believe it that if Celebration Church went away, that there would be some lives significantly impacted. I believe we're making a real difference. I would really do. But I don't believe that there would be this absolute void. That there are other churches in this community that people go and be discipled and and, and be connected with. I believe that with all my heart. In fact, when God called us to start Celebration Church, my first argument with God, and I had multiple. But my first argument with God was, Lord, there were already, there were already a lot of wonderful churches in San Angelo. Why? Why? Why do we need to do this? There's already a lot of great churches in San Angelo. And then the Holy Spirit speaks kind of directly to me and, and it'd be kind of blunt at times. And it's like the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart. Said, do you think I was going to send you where there are a lot of cruddy churches? And I had to be honest and go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I guess so. I thought that you were going to send us where everybody was kind of doing it wrong. And we were going to come in and do it right. Yeah. There's that arrogance and pride and all that mess. And so I, my first argument with God is, Lord, there's St. There's, Angelo's already got a lot of great churches. Why? Well, part of it is because our assignment. We, we do things a little bit differently. We, we, our atmosphere and things are just a little bit different. It's not night and day, but it's a little different and people are able to connect and to grow. But folks, I say over and over and over again, week after week, and I will never stop it that there are a lot of wonderful churches in this community because I know that there's an enemy out there that wants to divide us with our brothers and sisters in this community, that there are people who maybe they shake their head at what we, how, how we celebrate. Maybe they shake their head at what we're doing in here, but they, they recognize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by him. And you know what? They may not claim me, but I claim them. Because we are a part of the kingdom of God and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And you know what? Unless we begin to say, you know what? I'll claim you first. You don't have to claim me back. If you're a child of God, I'm going to own you. And I'm going to be a part of this. And we're going to lock arms and we're going to connect. Because the enemy wants to divide us and to pull us apart. And it's so easy to see the places where we disagree. And it's so easy to see some of that stuff. And I'm telling you, we have to make our minds up. That we're going to stay connected. We have to choose to stay connected. Let's look at Psalm 133. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. As they are coming and they're walking up these, the, the, the trails to Jerusalem to worship. Knowing people on the other side of Israel whose accents a little different. The people from northern Israel aren't like the southern Israel people. They don't know. They, they mess their food up. They don't know how to fry anything. Those northern Yankee Israel people, I don't know what's up. And us southern Israelites, we know what's up. We know how to worship. And they're coming in, and they're coming in from both sides of that hill, and both of them know each other's going to meet up there. In the holy city. And they're both having to say how good and pleasing it is when the brothers dwell together in unity. I need to remind myself, God, it's beautiful and it's pleasing when we dwell together in unity. God, when we come together, you're pleased, Lord. And I'm here to please you more than I'm here to please me. And Lord, I know you love it when we hang out and we're connected in unity. And God, I'm going to choose that. In fact, it's like precious oil poured out on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. And if you're new to church, that makes no sense. You're like, you lost me, preacher. That sounds like a mess. How beautiful and pleasing it is, it's like somebody dumped oil on some guy. Well, this isn't just some guy. This guy's name, this is Aaron. And Aaron was the guy who was the head of all the the priests. And this oil, originally, this anointing time, was him being set apart to serve and to connect. And the priests were this connection between God and and man. And so, praise God, we don't need that anymore. We don't need priests on that level anymore. We have Jesus, our high priest, who has connected with us. And we have direct access to the Father. But this uh, oil poured out on his head was that oil that said he was separated and called to the service of bringing these things together. Things that were at odds with one another and bringing them together. It was that oil and how beautiful it was. And it was this, this sacred, prayed over, precious moment. And there was so much oil, it went on his head and in it ran down on his beard. And it, was just, it wasn't just a little dab. It wasn't just a little poke on his forehead. There was a whole bottle of this stuff poured out. That there was no doubt that something had happened to Aaron. There was no doubt that he was the one that was set apart. There was no doubt that he was the one who was called to help operate in his calling of being this connector. Folks, this place of unity, as we're gonna see, as we're gonna see this place of unity, just like there was no doubt that it was his role to, to connect the, the the people of God with God, that we see that when we live in unity, when we walk in brotherly love with one another. That is the greatest statement to a dying and hurting world that there's a God who loves them. That is the greatest statement. In fact, Jesus said it himself, as we're gonna see in a minute. It's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. So here it is there's three short verses, three short verses recognizing that we've got, that it is pleasing to dwell together in unity. It's, there's this place of, it's holy and it's wonderful. It's this place of anointing and it's this place of blessing. And folks, you and I have to recognize that. Anytime the enemy wants to divide, anytime the enemy wants to divide, he is going after that, an, that anointing on your life and going after blessing. The enemy tries to divide a family All of a sudden, there's this anointing for service, this anointing for what they're called to, and the blessing begins to just seep through their fingers. We see it over and over and over again when a community is divided. What that community is supposed to be and and the blessings of that community, it just begins to dissipate. We can't be who we're called to be if we're at each other's throats. I love that... uh... Um, about this time, years and years and years ago, Weston, who's in his second year at Bible school, um, was about nine years old playing uh, City Rec League uh, flag football. And so we were having flag football out um, near the uh, Spur Arena. And so the Spur Arena was having their uh, roping fiesta. So they're over there in the roping fiesta doing their thing with all the Cowboys and all the families with the the uh, kids were about a, a block or so away out on the school uh, fields and they're doing all of the, the stuff. There's, you have like four games going all at the same time. It's just kind of controlled chaos. You have all these kids playing games and all this stuff and it's just, it's just all this mess of just kids having fun playing flag football and then the roping fiesta taken off. Well, when the roping fiesta got going, they had their loud speakers rolling and they played the national anthem over at the roping fiesta. It wasn't at our event. It wasn't to kick off the the flag football games. It was over at our event and the games were already underway. There were kids who had had the ball and run and it was amazing to watch as the national anthem begins to ring out, as person after person, game after game, just begin to stop. And they sit there. And the national anthem plays, and there's four games, nobody had to tell anybody. All of a sudden, there were, you know, there were the referees who were the worst referees on the planet, <laughs> according to the parents on the side. The parents on the side who were the biggest jerk parents in the world, according to the referees, all heard one tune they agreed on and stopped and put their hand on their heart. And in one moment, we're united. In one moment, we're united. It was amazing. As soon as the song was over, everybody starts and the games start again. But as this place that all of a sudden there was a playlist played. That everybody said yes to. And we got connected. Folks, for us to begin to walk in unity, we have to begin to focus on the things we agree on. We focus on the things we agree on. We have to do that. So as we do that, we need to, first off, we're just going to track through this real quickly. We need to remind ourselves that God loves it when we love each other. God loves it when we love each other. Psalm one says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It, he, it's just this amazing thing. Knowing you and I, it's a miracle. When this thing happens, it is a miracle. Let's look at John 13. John 13, Jesus is speaking. It says, a new command I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another by this, All will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love for one another. It's not how many scriptures we know, it's not how many sermons we preach, it's not how loud our worship is or how quiet and reverent it is. It isn't about signs and wonders and miracles, and I believe in signs and wonders and miracles, but that isn't how the world is going to know that we're his disciples. Jesus said, this is the defining moment. And if we don't align here and make this the place where we are going to live as Christ followers, we will find ourselves on the wrong side and find ourselves in a place of disunity. But if we will live here, I'm telling you that things will happen. Beautiful things will happen. He says, by all this, by, by this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have a love for one another. We have love for one another. Scriptures tell us that love covers a multitude of sin, a multitude of wrong, a multitude of error. Can even, love can cover over a multitude of, uh, of, of messed up theology, of broken doctrine. That, that as Christ followers, maybe we don't agree on certain things. But I'm telling you, love at work changes things. Jesus prays for you and I. In John 17, and he could have prayed for all sorts of things. You and I need prayer. My goodness, we need prayer. And this is what he prayed for. Jesus there in John 17 says, My prayer is not for them alone. Those are the ones that are right there. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. You and I are those who have believed in Jesus through their message. It has gone forward thousands of years and thousands of miles to you and I. And this is us. When we're in a a place of unity, then the world knows that you've sent me. That Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one sent. And that you have loved them even as you have loved me. That the world will know that they're loved. When you and I, as Christ followers, begin to live in unity with one another, people begin to recognize that Jesus really was sent of God and God really does love them. That he really does love them. What an amazing thing. No wonder the enemy hates unity so much. No wonder he works at it. No matter he he claws and tries to get us to focus on our differences. And all the way we look at the scriptures a little different. And all those things. No wonder. Because Jesus says in his prayer. That when you and I walk together in a place of unity. Then the world will see that God actually sent Jesus and that God actually loves the world. That He actually loves them. <laughs> Folks, there's so much writing on this. Paul writes, we jumped off in Colossians 3, chapter, I mean verses 1 and 2. Let's get a little deeper into Colossians 3. Paul goes on after he talks about setting your mind and setting your heart. He says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is a drum we must beat. We must. Jesus talked about it and prayed for it. He prayed. This was his prayer for you and I. This was his prayer. Paul. Talks about it in multiple places. Folks, we have to work at this. We have to lean in and look for unity. And it can't be, you know what? Well, I'll be we'll finally be unified when everybody else is as right as me. I can't help that you're wrong. Oh Lord, help your stupid head. Folks, we we need help on this deal. We need to remember also that we can't fully live life alone. We can't. We're part of a body. We're called into community. Psalm 133 verse 2 says, It is like precious oil poured out on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. We already talked about that that was him set apart and called to service. what What his role was. Jesus says in Luke chapter 4, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He is sent to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus says, this is what I'm anointed to do. There was an anointing on Aaron. This is the anointing on me. Well, guess what? As you and I, as Christ followers, we get to carry this same anointing. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They were in a place of unity. They were in a place of unity. Most translations say they're all of one accord. They were in agreement. They were in a place of unity. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. What they saw seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rest on each of them. Remember, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. He says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So here, as they come into a place of unity... The Spirit is poured out on them. And they have the same, we have the same assignment to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And we live in that. They received it when they were in one accord, when they were in unity. Praise God, it's been poured out and it's available to you and I. But we thrive as the children of God when we walk together in unity. And then we need to see that the greatest blessings come when we gather together. Psalm 133 says, It's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows His blessings, even life evermore. The geography of Israel, Mount Hermon and, and those mountain ranges, is the highest part. And they're covered in snow almost year-round this, this, the, the, during the dry season. There's a period of time. In fact, it's right now in Israel that there's hardly any waterfall, no rainfall at all. And so, as the uh, air would blow across Mount Hermon, this snow-covered peak, well, it would cool, which would then have the condensate come out, and this mist and this dew would come off of Mount Hermon and fall down into Mount Zion, which is right there at Israel, right there, at Jerusalem, and the dew. In the morning from that cool breeze coming in would make everything wet and keep all the stuff alive despite the lack of rainfall. And it was there that it was coming over. He says this unity, this unity is this thing that just spills down. If we can get together in a place of unity, everything downstream begins to get blessed. Even the places that aren't getting the rainfall they need can still get the moisture out of the residue of the unity in our lives. It all of a sudden it begins to affect every single thing. As we begin to look further in Acts chapter 2, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. At the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. So here we see that we, at the beginning of Acts chapter 2. They were in a place of unity. As all these wonderful amazing signs and wonders. Amazing things are taking place through the early church. There's still this beautiful place of unity. Unity. So folks, what are our next steps? Our next steps are we need to connect with people who agree on your Christ-focused playlist. You can't have be sitting there and be arguing over what's going to be the predominant playlist. You need people in your life Who are going to say, you know what, the stuff that's going to help us grow in Christ, I want to be listening to that same type of thing. And I'm just not talking about music. I'm talking about the way we speak. I'm talking about our goals. I'm talking about what we set our eyes and set before our eyes and our ears. I'm talking about how we do life. You need to get people who are doing life in a pursuit of God around you. We are about to launch our small groups and and those are important. But folks, you can create one. You can create a small group. You can, get a, you can connect. Just get together with other believers. Spend some time in prayer and spend some time in scripture and spend some time talking about how you can take your next step with in God. And I'm telling you, good things happen because, folks, our bottom line is this: Is that life is fully lived in community. It's fully lived in community. There's a reason the enemy wants to isolate us and get us connected and get our feelings hurt and make it where we have a hard time connecting with other believers is because it destroys us. It destroys us. We need to work and contend for the unity of the faith. We need to work at it. Folks, Christ-centered thinking takes us to Christ-like living. And that's that's where we want to go.